my lovely wife, Lisa, is down here on the front row. Uh, there is just one good thing in us. His name is Jesus. Um, that's my testimony. <laughs> it is my testimony. But my name is Michael Wyckoff. I'm a, a retired pastor, which means don't ever give a retired pastor a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and the husband of Lisa, uh, on February 19th, we will be married 44 years. And next to Jesus coming into my life, there's the next best blessing that I've ever received. So, uh, but it wasn't always a rosy time for Lisa and I. Uh, neither one of us really grew up in a kind of a, what I would call a Christian home. Uh, it, our home was like, you know, we drove a Chevy. Uh, um, you know, we lived in America and we liked apple pie, so therefore we must be a Christian. That was kind of how it was. Um, we went to church occasionally, um, talked in, and that was it. In September of 1982, Lisa and I were married three years, and we had moved to Sarasota, Florida. And uh, we were on the brink of divorce. I mean, I was expecting her to be gone any time I came home. And uh, honestly, um, I don't know how she stayed as long as she did. And in desperation, I reached out to a young pastor named Steve, and he shared the gospel with me. Now, I'm sure that I've heard the gospel before. Some of you have heard the gospel over and over and over again, but somehow it's not made its way where it needs to be. Because hearing it is just part of it. And as I talked with Pastor Steve, I was taken back. I, I, I listened to him and I thought, this guy, there's something that he has that I don't possess. There's something in him that I don't understand. And by golly, I want to find out. Because if I'm going to lose my family, I want to know why. Well, I prayed that night, but not like times before. You know, somehow we felt like, you know, this sinner's prayer. You pray the sinner's prayer, you're in the club, right? I would prayed the sinner's prayer three or four or five times. It's not, salvation is not about a prayer. It's about the grace of Almighty God. It's about a personal relationship with Him. So, when Jesus entered our lives, I got to tell you, everything changed. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, because most of you would see right through me that, that, you know, we didn't have issues with sin, or we weren't having any more problems. Oh, we did. But there was one difference between Michael Wyckoff after that night. I had hope. No one hopes for what they don't already have. I had hope, and now I understood what it was that was in Pastor Steve that I didn't possess. It's what I see in Tommy Clayton when he preaches. It's beyond him. It's greater than him. 
It's a power that can only be God. Pastor Steve told me that God could heal my marriage even though I had a bad track record. You know, folks, can I tell you something? God can heal your marriage. It's not just words. Everybody says it. Yeah, I know God can heal my marriage. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, it won't be easy and it might be messy. But God can heal your marriage. We both experienced what Paul wrote about, that the old is gone and the new has come. And here's something I want to take you to take away from this part of my testimony. Is the Lord taught us new ways as we read the Bible. I didn't understand one thing about how to minister to my wife's needs. Nothing. But the Lord taught us new ways. But how? How does he teach you new ways? Self-help books? Watching Dr. Phil? No. No. Of course, we didn't have Dr. Phil back then. But he helped us through his word, through his Bible. I didn't know that God actually tells husbands how we can be a blessing to our families and to our wives. I didn't know that. We gathered with other believers. And listen to me, please. We worshiped faithfully. From September of 1982, there was never a question of where we were going to be on Sunday. Sick or whatever. I even asked a doctor once to let me out of the hospital so I could go worship. He said, you know what he said to me? It's that important to you? I said, oh, doc, it's all important to me. And he said, well, um, I said, I promised I'll, I'll, I'll come into your office Monday morning. And he said, okay. So God used so many people in our lives back then to help develop us. But that wasn't the whole story, because then uh, just in 1985, uh, God called me to ministry. Now, can you imagine that? Of all the people in the world, that guy, I'm looking around this room, I'm seeing all kinds of really smart people, competent people, godly people, loving people, that are a hundred times more qualified than I would ever be. But God called me. I served in many capacities in the early days, and it wasn't until the last couple years that I served as lead pastor. Ministry was not always easy. <laughs> Some people in the church think it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he only has to work one day a week. He could prepare his messages from home. Do you have any idea? Or could you for a moment put yourself in the position of having a group of people that God holds you responsible for, that, that he's holding you accountable for, that you pray for, that you're concerned about? Wow. For most of my career, I was a pastor's right-hand man. And I got to tell you, that was really my calling. Sometimes people would say to me years ago, you know what, you need to go back to seminary. You need to be a pastor. And I said, no, I need to be a pastor's right-hand man because that's what God's called me to be. Nothing wrong with seminary. 
Maybe I should have gone. But what he called me to be was an encourager to my pastor, to be a right-hand man. I remember one time my pastor Steve was really troubled one Sunday morning because his message was going to be very difficult. And we walked up together in the front aisle, and we stopped and had a little prayer. And I put my arm around him, and I said, Steve, I want you to tell it like it is today from the Word of God. And there was about 600 people there. And I said, if 600 people storm this altar, I'm going to take out the first 25 that get here. And he chuckled because he's like, please don't do that. But God is so good. But I got to tell you that this is a passage that I've lived by and I'm going to uh, read it to you from Hebrews 13. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. I think the NIV says, you know, that, that make their work a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. If he's discouraged, we're all doomed. So we need to make it a point to encourage. Well, I got to tell you, ministry was unbelievable, but I can't believe that 38 years is over. It passed quicker than I could have imagined. And two years ago, around Memorial Day, I retired. And my assistant took over at Pine Ridge Fellowship and under a new name called Movement Church. And I just felt this stirring in my heart and began to ask God, what was I to do next? I, um, riding off into the sunset is not appealing to me. For those of you that looked forward to retiring, maybe you didn't like your job and you're just looking forward to retiring. Or Lisa loved her job, but she looked forward to retiring. And, I, and, and I'm, that's awesome. But for me, I'm just not the retiring kind of guy. And, but Lisa and I knew when the days ended at Pine Ridge Fellowship on one Sunday that seven days later another Sunday was coming. And we knew that we had to serve the church. Sitting on the sidelines was not an option. After all, God had done for us. Think about this. Without the intervention of Almighty God, Lisa and I would not be together today. Without the intervention of Almighty God, my middle son Tom and my younger son Luke would not be here today. And God knows, I don't know where I would have been. But we had to figure out where are we going to go and what should we do. So we decided that uh, after our last Sunday at Pine Ridge, that the next week we would go to a, a Saturday night service someplace and then Sunday we're coming to Grace Life. And it was a mutual thing. We both were like, I mean, there's a lot of churches around, right? And, and, and we thought, well, let's, let's go to Grace Life. Well, the problem is, though, that, as I told you, I'm a retired pastor. Pastors have a problem, especially when they retire sometimes. 
is that they, they, they look at the church that they're going to through the, the eyes of the church that, that they've been at. And, and I, I knew this because God was revealing to me that my problem was I'm a critic. And the problem is, I guess it's okay to be a little critical at times. However, we're talking about the bride of Christ. <laughs> Say something mean about my bride and see what happens. Imagine our Lord and the way people talk about the bride of Christ. I knew my experience might cause me to critique everything that the church was doing. So I asked Lisa, I said, will you do me a favor, honey? Because she's the one person that can do it. If I start critiquing Grace Life Church, would you pick up a two-by-four and hit me right across the forehead with it? Because I want to bring glory to God. And I'm a pastor's right-hand man. I don't want to discourage him. I don't want to look at everything it's, the church isn't. I wanted to be obedient. After all, I was serving the Lord, not myself. I didn't want to fall into this trap. Sometimes we look for churches like we look for a car. I, I want one with a sunroof, uh, power windows. I need a turbo. Uh, I, it's got to be fire engine red. Okay, it's got to look really good. I want a church where the auditorium is filled, where the, 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 the technical stuff is unbelievable, where the sermon illustrations are just so relevant to me. I want to feel good. And I would like their service times to be when it's very convenient for me. Well, thank you, Jesus. I don't know, Tommy, if I completely was faithful to that, to, to not be critical at all. I would come in here early on Sunday mornings at 7.30 and sit there in the front row and pray. Nobody's here. Yeah, thoughts came to my mind. But I think I can say that when they came to my mind, I said, Lord, that's not why I'm here. If I was so good at everything... How come Pine Ridge Fellowship dwindled in numbers? Use me, Lord, somehow to be a blessing and an encouragement to the body of Christ. Not a know-it-all critic. And in preparing to speak today, I did a little research. on If you Google choosing a church, I read it and I was so saddened because the will of God was not mentioned anywhere. I just couldn't believe the things I was reading. I mentioned some of them in my comments a moment ago. But listen. The stories were like, oh, what's relevant to me, where I feel welcome where I can fit in the things of the church into my schedule, where the pastor preaches to my personal theology. Can I, can I tell you something? And I know there's some preachers here today. Um, you're going to get to heaven, and you're going to find out that not all your theology was right. 
So you better get used to it right now. I'm all for theology. I'm all for truth. I'm all for teaching the truth. Thank God we're getting that here. But just know that God's ways are (laughs) way beyond what our minds can comprehend. So as I sat down front every Sunday just praying since Memorial Day two years ago, just praying, I've noticed that a few more people have started to come a little earlier. We pray with the the worship team. I just want to challenge you. You were praying about a building someday, right? I want that building without debt. That would bring the most glory to God, right? Well, if you're uh, sleeping until 9 o'clock, why don't you get up at 6.30? Why don't you come in? And let's spend some time praying. Let's pray for our elders. Let's pray for our pastor. Let's pray for our worship team. Let's, let's pray for this church. Let's pray for the families of this church. I'd love to have you join me. Well, that's not the end of the story, and this will be. But I was still wondering, God, what do you want me to do? Sometimes we have to wait upon the Lord, right? But don't fall into the trap of doing nothing while you're waiting on the Lord. Because what you're going to get is nothing. Nothing. I mean, he's not going to send you an email because you're special. Do something. Act. For me, it was just coming in early and praying. Tommy, those of you who know Tommy, he's not the kind of guy that's going to say, well, I need you to do this, 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 and this, and this. That's what I've been accustomed to for 38 years. It really didn't serve me all that well. I just appreciated the fact that he wanted me to find out from the Lord what he wanted me to do. So one Sunday, I'm sitting down front. It's about 9.30. And I just happen to turn around, and I see this handsome guy almost to the back. I didn't know who he was. And, you know, because I'm kind of shy, um, kind of, I didn't like the fact that I didn't know who he was, so I got up, and I went back, and I introduced myself to him. And he said his name was Jason Umberger. And I said, I'm Michael Wyckoff. It's nice to meet you. And I said, you've probably been around here a long time, and I've only been around here a few weeks. But it's sure great to meet you. I said, "Uh, Jason, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm the chief of police of the city of Deland. And I go, wow, that's awesome. Um, I said, well, um, I don't work. I married a rich girl. Um, (laughs) Two weeks later, I went to the Deland Police Department, and I prayed a prayer of blessing over the chief and the lead chaplain. And afterwards, the chaplain took me through the department and introduced me to people. And we went to his office, and I said, are you the only chaplain for this entire department? And he said, yes. And I said, well, um, could you use some help? And he's like, you want to help? We can't pay you anything. 
And I said, yes. I think this is a God thing. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been asking for, and I can't believe that it's going to happen already. I thought I was going to have to wait a long time. But to be involved in ministry in a secular environment has fueled my passion, fueled my passion for Jesus. I care about the lives of those officers. I care about their families. I care about the civilian population that works in there. I get to pray with the leadership of the department on a regular basis. And God has given me a newfound purpose. And when I get called in the middle of the night, I don't go, oh, jeez. I throw my clothes on and I head out knowing that Jesus has something important for me to do. Now I want to tell you, are you listening? It started with praying at that gate at 7.30. And in that chair at 8 o'clock, I had no idea what God was going to do. I don't have any idea all that He's going to do in me here. And I'm not too worried about any of that because what I want to do is be faithful to the little things. I want to close this time by saying that God will use you in ways that you could not even dream of if you will start by doing the little things and surrendering them for His glory. And also, if there's a struggle in your marriage, Lisa and I would be honored to meet with you. Not as marriage experts, but as lovers of what Jesus can do in your relationship. You can contact either one of us. And then, for me, this verse has always, it's just blessed me so much. I'm, this is the last, I promise, Tommy, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Romans 12, 2. But um, forgive me, because um, I just couldn't use the ESV on this verse. Because God changed my heart with the NLT. So here it goes. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. I love this. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And it will be in His time and for His glory. Would you pray with me? Father, I just thank you for this time to be together. Would you bless Tommy, Lord? As he preaches, would you just anoint his words? Would you use it, Father, to change the way we think, to change the way we approach your word, the way we approach each other, the way we live that would bring glory to you. In Jesus' name.